You are listening to a podcast from Classic City Church. We're glad you've joined us. Our services are held at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 595 Prince Avenue in the Piedmont Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.classiccity.org. This is a sermon from Pastor Lee Mason. We've been doing a series, and we're, we're, we're calling this series Clean. And we're, we're, we're talking about something very important about our spiritual life. It's how to live with a clean conscience. In uh, the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 5, Paul's writing to Timothy. He's a young minister, and he's over a lot of churches. And he's telling him to avoid all these sort of side issues. He says, I want you to focus on this, this thing. The goal of what we're doing is to do three things. We want people to love with a pure heart to have a good conscience, and to have sincere faith. So we're talking about that middle one. What does it mean to have a good conscience? It's very important to our spiritual life that we have a good conscience. Now, the conscience, the word conscience literally means with knowledge. It is your knower. By your conscience, you know right and wrong. You know truth. And what we can do in time is we can hurt our conscience. We can damage our conscience. One way we do that is when we know we're doing something wrong and we feel guilt, we feel uneasy about it, we just, the Bible literally says we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. We suppress the voice of conscience. Another way we can do it is if we keep doing that after a while, we can, instead of just suppressing it, uh, to, to get through the, the, the discomfort we have with what we're doing, we'll, we'll exchange it to truth for a lie, the Bible says in Romans. Exchange the truth for a lie. And that's just lying to ourselves. And I always to say that your conscience is like your nervous system and that it warns you when you're doing damage to your soul, the way your nervous system warns you when you're doing damage to your body. Lying to ourselves is like taking a drug. It's like taking a cortisone shot just to numb the pain so you can keep doing what you're doing. And those are the ways we damage our conscience. And what can happen in time is if we damage our conscience, we can have a lingering pain. We can have pain when we shouldn't have pain. We can have guilt when we shouldn't have guilt. We can have shame when we shouldn't have shame. And part of Christ's mission was that you and I, that part of our soul would be good again. It can be clean, it can be healthy, it can be brought back to a status of, of, of being you know, good and normal and strong. And this is part of what we're, we're looking at. So we've looked at two words already, we're going to look at a third one today, and the, the words we're looking at are condemnation, which means the penalty you have to pay to be made right. The second one we looked at last week was guilt. Condemnation, you know, I always reminded it's like a horn blasting. Uh, when you can't do anything about it. It's just feeling condemned, feeling judged. Um, guilt is when you feel defiled. Just a feeling dirty and feeling defiled. And part of what the book of Hebrews talks about that we looked at is how it, it, the, the writer in Hebrews says, uh, wants to get us to understand something. Is that you need to look at yourself the way God looks at you. God looks at you through the finished work of Christ as a clean product. He actually uses the word perfect to describe your status before God. Perfect, clean, 
whole. And he says, You've got, you and I have to look at ourselves through God's eyes, not through the eyes of our performance. You know, we, we, we are our past. You know, I, I do this corny example. I haven't done it in, a, in about three weeks probably, but where I will take a fork and eat a fork and remind all of us that every day we go to restaurants and we go to homes and we stick defiled, dirty forks with 20 years of mouths in our mouth. But we don't regard that fork according to its past. We regard it according to the fact that it's been clean. And God does the same thing with you. He does not treat you like a dirty fork that's been in thousands of mouths for 20 years. He treats you like a brand new, fresh utensil that's just been cleaned because that is what you are. And the Bible tells us to really understand and to have that kind of a biblical self-understanding. And that will help cleanse our conscience. So we have, a, we have this idea of condemnation and guilt. And today I want to talk about something else that's related to that. And that's the idea of shame. Shame. What does it mean that Christ can take away our sin and our shame? Now the word shame in the Greek and Hebrew is a real interesting word. It literally means to make your cheeks hot. To make your cheeks hot. Anybody here ever been embarrassed? What do you feel? Your cheeks get hot. You feel your face getting flushed. You get red. That's the word for shame. I remember when I was a young teenage boy, I, I, I would be sitting in a social suit. I could be having a great time. I could be comfortable and confident and on top of the world. And somebody would mention in a generic term the word acne, pimple, or a zit. The word zit became big back when we were in high school. And I would suddenly become utterly self-conscious. I had some acne. Otherwise, a very handsome face. But, uh, but, but, uh, but I had, and, and I, I would just, I, could, I remember assuming I could just be in the most, I could be extremely comfortable. Suddenly, I just, I could, I would just see myself as a boy with red bumps on his face. I don't know why I was so sensitive, but it just would, I just was so, it would just make me blush and it would just stifle me. And, and that's what shame can do. It stifles us, stack, makes us very self-conscious. And when the human condition is sort of, story of humanity is, stole, is told to us in the Bible, the human condition, we read in Genesis 3, the chapter where man is created, and he has woman, we also read about a fall. And what happens in that story, we know that Adam and Eve uh, were tricked by the serpent. They ate the forbidden fruit. And when they ate the forbidden fruit, they became aware of a condition about themselves. They became aware that they were naked. And they had never they had never felt that way before. They had never felt shame before. But they suddenly, with their sin, felt overwhelming shame. And this is how they reacted. They ran away from the Lord. Ran away from him. Shame is an incredible debilitator 
to you and I having a personal relationship with God. They ran away from him. And they made fig leaves to cover themselves up. And then when they got back together and the Lord's walking around saying, where are you guys? Where are you guys? And they hid from him and they came out and their little leaves on. Really interesting what happens when, when God says, who told you? I don't want you to feel shamed. Who told you, you this, this was true of you? And, of course, they started blaming one another. Adam blamed God, said, it's the woman you gave me. Eve blamed the devil. They both could have been comedians or politicians in our world, obviously, because we just blame everybody. It's amazing to me. I, I had an interesting thing happen this week. I'm, I'm reading, probably like you, there's, you know, this, this phony politician who pretends to be a moralist, and you got this guy who pretends to be a women's guy. He's just great for, and you have these comedians and all their stuff that they barely, and Hollywood people, and all these people that are caught in these just incredibly deviant, like unthinkable acts, and they don't own it. And I was reading all this, and then I was reading the same news page. There was a line that said, Michael Vick pays off complete debt. Remember Michael Vick? Used to quarterback here for the Atlanta Falcons and was put in jail for dogfighting. And was because he went to jail, he had all these debts. He had like $17.5 million in debt. What we find out about Michael Vick is when he got in jail, he got born again. Really committed his life to Christ. When he got out, he, rather than declare chapter 11 or 7 or whatever you can do, he, 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 he made a pledge to pay off his creditors. And literally, last week, in the midst of all these phony politicians and celebrities and all this nonsense, this broken man who believes in Christ paid off his bill. Isn't it incredible? And that's what... Christ wants to do in your life and our life. And, and I want to tell you this. You and I need this to happen. It is for Jesus to eliminate our shame, to free us to be responsible, moral citizens of this planet. That's his will for our lives. Free us from it. So we're not a self-conscious guy walking around with fig leaves or makeup trying to cover up our blemishes, but we can, we can own who we are and really live out a, a clean, healthy life. So this is what we're, we're talking about when we talk about having a good conscience. And this is what Jesus came to do. Wipe out our shame. Eliminate it as though it never happened. You know, in the Gospels, Begin the story of Jesus begins in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 1, excuse me. Matthew 1. And in that introduction to Jesus, it's, it's really kind of odd to read. It's just a genealogy that goes on verse after verse after verse after verse. This man had this son. This man had this son. This man had this son. I think there's 51, 52 different ones. This man had this son. And it just goes on and on and on. But there's four times where, the, where Matthew, when he's writing this, breaks up that pattern, that monotonous pattern. And what he does, instead of naming the dad, he names the mom in Jesus' ancestry. 
Instead of naming the dad, which is what you're supposed to do, he, he names the mom. And it's interesting the dynamics of those four moms that he mentioned. One, every one of them are Gentiles. In every occasion of them being part of the lineage of Christ was something very shameful. One was incest. Uh, dad getting his daughters pregnant. Another was a, fa a father-in-law getting his daughter-in-law pregnant. Another was a Canaanite prostitute. And what Matthew is communicating in that genealogy in such a really neat, a novel way is that Jesus, in Jesus' blood, in his lineage, is sinful humanity. And he came to take away the sin of humanity, to wipe it out, to take our shame and turn it into glory, as Isaiah 61, 7 says. I'm going to take your shame, and instead of shame, you will have glory. It's a powerful thing God can do in our lives. Wiping it out, removing it as though it never happened. In the Old Testament, they would, in Leviticus 16, when they were doing Yom Kippur, and they were doing the cleansing ceremony every year, when they would sacrifice the goat for the sins of the people, they would also take another goat. And they called this the scapegoat. And they would take the goat and the priest would put his hands on the goat's head and he would confess every sin the people had committed that year. Every single one of them. And they would take the goat and they would lead it off out of the city. The idea was God is taking your sin away. He's wiping it out. And this is what God wants to do in your life and my life. Forgive us, Yes. But he wants to do such a deep work of forgiveness in our life. It's not just that we're forgiven. It is that the blemishes are gone. It's the spots are off of us. And when we hear those words, those tr there, there's no longer shame because we're free and we're forgiven and we're clean in his eyes. This is what he wants to do. And I want to show you a couple verses where he talks about this in 1 John where John highlights this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him in his coming. Isn't that a powerful thought? That you and I can be confident and unashamed when Christ comes. When you stand before a God who literally knows every secret about you, everything about you, everything you've done, you could stand confident and unashamed. This is what the blood of Jesus can do in your life. This is what the work of Christ can do in our life if we take it in deeply. Confident, unashamed at his coming. Look at this in chapter 3, verse 19. He continues his thought. And this is how we know we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our heart condemns us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our heart does not condemn us, 
we have confidence before God. Here's what he says, man. This is how your, your heart, even when you're feeling condemned, your heart can be at rest before us, before him. What does a good conscience do? A good conscience is calibrated around the truth. That means two things. One, it means I'm calibrated around the moral truths of God. I know when I sin and I get it right. But it's calibrated about another truth. It's calibrated around the truth that Christ has wiped away our sin. And we are really clean in his eyes. He's wiped them away. And we can be free and we can stand before God unashamed and confident, without any shame, completely confident that your blemishes are wiped out and they exist no more. You know, we go back to the story of the fall of Adam and Eve. And again, Adam and Eve, are they're shamed. They're clothed in fig leaves, trying to cover themselves up. They're blaming God. They're blaming one another. It's an incredibly difficult uh, moment for them. And they're kicked out of the garden. They're gone. It's over. And as they're leaving there, shamed, defeated, into this broken existence, something really awesome happens. It's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Bible says this, as they were leaving, God himself made garments of skin to cover them. What a powerful thing. In their shame, in their regret, in their loss, as they're leaving, God himself sheds the blood of an innocent animal. God himself makes skin. And God himself adequately covers them. This is exactly what he's done for us through Christ. Shed blood, innocent blood, made the skins, and he's covered us fully and completely through Christ. This is what it means to set our heart at rest before him, is that my, I, am, I am calibrating my conscience around the truth. And the truth is, his blood wipes out our sin completely and thoroughly. His blood takes away our shame thoroughly and completely and frees us to begin living a life that calibrates our conscience around the truth. That truth and the truth of, of his word. That, that's what... It's one of the goals of Christianity. That's the goal. You and I have that experience. Hosea 14, 4, God says, I will heal what's wrong with you. I'll love you freely. What a powerful thing. God through Christ heals what's wrong with you and me. Loves us freely. Micah 7, he says, I will, I will tread on your sins and throw them into a sea. God will tread on your sins. Throw them into the sea. So they never existed. And this is the truth I just want to communicate with you. I don't know if you're like me, if you feel still morally like a teenager 
He's got more than enough pimples on his face. You feel that way about your soul. You feel that way about your past. You feel that way about what you've been through. Maybe because of that, just going forward and moving forward spiritually is uneasy. And you're more prone to hide than you are to engage God. I just want to tell you some good news. Your blemishes are gone. They don't exist. You don't need to feel self-conscious. And you don't need to feel ashamed. And you don't need to feel flush in the cheeks before a holy God. He's made you clean. And you're free to connect with him. You're free to know him. You're free to live for him in an in a unashamed fashion, in a confident fashion. And that's the good news of the gospel. You're free and you're clean completely. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the powerful, awesome work of Christ on the cross. We thank you how you forecasted in the very fall of man by covering Adam and Eve yourself, you doing the work to cover them. We thank you how with the scapegoat you forecast sins are gone. We thank you for how when Christ came, you brought him to this planet, not through just perfect families. You brought him through dirty, depraved humanity to indicate to us that dirty, depraved humanity like us can be clean by his powerful life and by his death. Father, I pray you take the truths that are in this thought and make them real to us. Father, I pray we'd see ourselves as those cleansed of our blemishes, cleansed of our stains. I pray we'd see ourselves through your eyes that our conscience would not be defiled with our past and with shame. And you'd free us to live a life that really is pleasing to you and is calibrated with your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Classic City Church. We hope that together we can honor the greatness of Jesus by growing spiritually, living authentically, and participating in his purposes. For more information or more sermons from Classic City Church, please visit www.classiccity.org.